from the boardroom to the shop floor. Good business runs on good governance. Join esteemed expert in governance, Dr. Nimrod Mbele, for the next hour as he takes us beyond governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa. Uh, that is responsible for uh, bringing PPE into the country uh, for many of the charitable organizations that have been established, including, uh, very importantly, the Solidarity Fund, uh, completely independent from business and government, but, uh, but supported by it. Uh, the uh, labor market platform that has been engaging uh, night and day effectively, uh, particularly in the chambers of NEDLAC, uh, on how uh, people can access UIF TERS, those who've been uh, suspended as a consequence of uh, COVID-19. And then the Economic Intervention Group, uh, which has looked at the impact on the economy, uh, both immediately in the medium term and in the longer term. And one of the pieces of work that has come out of that has been a, 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 a very substantial exercise that was performed over the past four months, uh, involving, I think, some 500 different people across uh, all aspects of the economy, all sectors of the economy and geographies, uh, to look at how we could actually reset the trajectory for South Africa uh, onto uh, an accelerated, uh, inclusive uh, trajectory, uh, recognizing that, unfortunately, we were already in recession before COVID-19. Uh, our situation was exacerbated uh, uh, by the downgrade to junk status, sub-investment grade, but massively uh, magnified in terms of the problems by COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19, as we know, takes no prisoners, uh, not in the context of people's health, uh, nor the economy. I would argue even a society at large, or the country is taking immense strain. We're now anticipating uh, a contraction in the economy, in GDP, of approximately 10% uh, this year. Uh, we think that some 2 million people have already lost their jobs, 1 million in the formal and 1 million in the informal sector. Uh, National Treasury, in their worst-case scenario, anticipates that up to 7 million people in South Africa could lose uh, their jobs with devastating ramifications for the individuals, for their families, uh, for broader communities, and obviously for the country at large. So the work that we did was to identify just what needed to be done and how quickly uh, to restore confidence, uh, consumer and investor confidence, uh, to enable us to access the funding that will be required uh, to ensure that the uh, deficit uh, can be, in fact, uh, funded. Uh, and we need to do that uh, in lockstep with our social partners, business, alongside government, uh, community, and, of course, labor, because it's only by working together that we'll be able to build the economy, tackle poverty, inequality, and unemployment, all of which, of course, are uh, significantly exacerbated uh, by COVID-19. Central to that uh, is, in fact, uh, a number of issues, but most importantly, I suppose, ensuring that we improve our ease of doing business, particularly for small and medium-sized enterprises, accelerating economic transformation, making sure that we move up the global competitiveness uh, ranking, and in all of those things, by addressing those issues that have been confronting us uh, for many years, policy certainty, the incapacity of the state, crime and corruption, uh, inefficient uh, and uh, inadequate and redundant state of enterprises, and, of course, inequality and the need for transformation. So we have identified which sectors can be scaled as quickly as possible. You may want to talk about that. Uh, we have uh, 
recognize that infrastructure investment is a key driver of sustainable, inclusive uh, growth. Uh, so we put our shoulder uh, to that particular uh, wheel as well. And we've identified, as I indicated, what are the sectors that can be scaled as quickly as possible. Uh, we need to do it in collaboration with our social partners. What are the policies that need to be adjusted? And how can we work faster, uh, smarter, and in a more impactful way, uh, particularly even as the surge is upon us, I have to say, Nimrod, uh, to ensure uh, that we can avoid taking the wrong fork in the road, which will lead to perdition, but rather take the right fork in the road as a consequence. Thank you very much, Martin, for that uh, very, uh, um, you know, interesting and very insightful, um, you know, remarks. And you've, I might just say you've really pointed out on a few questions that I, I meant to have raised with you. Uh, obviously, the very first question is, is, is the fact that, you know, we want to restore business and consumer confidence because that underpins any successful economies. But the questions that I've had, you know, uh, from, from some of the listeners uh, who said, look, Nimrod, ask this question. How is it different? You know, we know that, you know, the we, first, the people welcome the initiative because it's something that is that's, that's desperately needed. Hence, I pointed out that we are in ICU as an economy and as a country, as a people. But the question is, uh, from one of the listeners at some point said, look, Nimrod, how is different is this turnaround strategy from other strategies that I've seen before? And how do we know this time around will work? What do you take, uh, you know, on that, uh, Martin? Yes, that's a very important uh, question and one that we are regularly asked. I, I think it's different in a, in a number of respects. Uh, first of all, it is the first time that business collectively has come to a single view about the shape, size, and trajectory of the economy. I'm not talking about big business. I'm talking about uh, all business. Uh, so since 1994, the dawn of democracy, uh, none of us is aware, are aware of a document such as the one that we have published uh, last Friday that is uh, representative of all of business's views. The second is that business has said that it's prepared to put its capital and its uh, human resources uh, to work in partnership uh, with government, uh, labor, and civil society to ensure that we can uh, restructure the economy uh, and pivot it uh, onto a growth trajectory as quickly as I think that that is also new. And the third, of course, is the circumstances are new. We have never as a country since 1994 uh, been challenged uh, by uh, such a crisis. In fact, I don't believe it is a crisis anymore. I think that it's a catastrophe in the making if we don't take the necessary steps. And the necessary steps uh, go to how we conduct ourselves from a healthcare uh, perspective. You know, the truth of the matter is that if we don't change our behavior, uh, this virus will run rampant around society. The hospitals will be overwhelmed and the ever increasing levels of infection and regrettably mortality will continue exponentially. We are now in the top 10 in the world. It is not uh, a division that we want to be part of, I have to say. That's the first point. So we need to do that. And leaders come from all segments of society. The second is that whilst this surge is upon us, we have the opportunity to make a difference. Our experience at NEDLAC with labor, with government, and indeed with community has been that if we work together uh, we can actually uh, make extraordinary progress in a very short period of time. Again, that is in my experience, uh, unprecedented since 1994. 
we need to harness that goodwill and we need to utilize it in deciding that issues that might well have been identified before but never addressed where we had not taken the requisite decisions and even where we had, we had not implemented them. But now we do both. We take the decisions and we implement them. And I suppose that leads to the last point, which is there's a different mindset. Our view is we would all like to have everything. In fact, we're going to have to ruthlessly prioritize and focus on what is key. If that means that we can only implement three or four initiatives rather than 20, that is what as a country we must do. It's the only way that we'll be able to make a difference and move the needle. No, thank you very much. I think your last point, uh, you know, uh, Martin, it's probably the most difficult uh, component of any strategy. That is that of a mindset shift, you know, for for any person to really uh, propel initiative through a, a different trajectory together, we have to change our minds, our, our mindset and, and reprioritizing activities that are likely to make a meaningful uh, impact. From where you're sitting, because you've outlined quite a number of, of uh, you know, uh, high-level activities like tackling crime, improvement of doing business, mobilizing large-scale infrastructure project, SOE reforms, and clerical land reform, and so on and so forth. Which of these priorities uh, are likely to yield, you know, uh, immediate uh, revenue for the state uh, in, uh, while addressing unemployment? Yes, well, I, I think you put your finger... Uh, obviously on the uh, uh, on the button there, which is many of these are not going to uh, produce revenue for the state in the immediate short term. We will indeed need to increase our borrowings. That's the 3.4. I wish it were the billion that you talked about, Nimrod, but it's not 3.4 billion. It's 3.4 trillion over the next uh, three years that is going to have to be found. And that's found because the revenues from uh, the fiscus the tax revenues will have reduced. As a country, we have not demonstrated discipline in keeping our costs down. And now we're going to have to do both. We are not going to be able to fund state-owned enterprises that are a drain on the fiscus. We'll have to work out those that are systemically important. But where can we make a difference quickly and immediately? So we've actually identified 15 uh, quick wins uh, for the country, which will, we believe, uh, restore some degree of uh, confidence uh, both amongst consumers uh, as well as uh, investors. I don't think anybody's going to invest uh, right now uh, in advance of the search, but we need to restore those levels of confidence. The Minister of Finance has said that he is going to prepare a zero-based budget for the medium-term budget policy statement. Uh, that is indeed in October of this year. It means that we need to move very nimbly to demonstrate progress ahead of that. That is uh, one of the first. The second is our small and medium-sized enterprises. They are in the front line. They are the most vulnerable. We need to pay them in time and in full. We need to ensure that our financial institutions uh, can actually produce uh, support uh, to SMMEs. Uh, there's 200 billion, as you know, uh, that is being guaranteed by government, but there needs to be more. We need to mentor. Uh, we need to mentor uh, entrepreneurs uh, who don't have the skill and experience necessarily that already exists uh, so that we can fast track uh, their learning. That can happen uh, immediately. Uh, we can see where we can localize uh, products and manufacturing, as we're doing even in the context of PPE. Uh, we can complete the auction of the spectrum. 
uh, and we can re-energize digital uh, migration, not only for all businesses, but obviously for school syllabuses and to fast-track the digital migration of degrees as well. None of the things that I have mentioned, by the way, uh, require any policy changes. They don't require regulation. They don't require legislation. They require implementation. We need decisive leadership, which together with appropriate capacity and expertise, uh, can harness the resources that are required to implement uh, these actions. Now, last but not least, and you mentioned this, infrastructure. Infrastructure is a cornerstone of our strategy. In fact, I'm sure that many of your listeners uh, will have uh, been aware of the fact that the ANC uh, released a discussion document only last Friday on building a new inclusive economy. Infrastructure features uh, significantly there uh, as well. The president some three weeks ago hosted a sustainable infrastructure development symposium for South Africa. There are over 200 projects that are in the pipeline, uh, 50 plus that are theoretically shovel ready. We think that's too many. We think that of the 50, we must identify uh, the first 10 for the sake of argument uh, that can be implemented with immediate effect, uh, which are sustainable, viable infrastructure projects, which can harness capital, not just on the state balance sheet, but from the private sector, where we use private sector skills. And by the way, the government is most amenable to the concept of private sector skills and resources being used to work in public-private partnerships, as we did with the Renewable uh, Energy uh, Programme. It's a pity that that has stalled. We should restart that with immediate effect. So there are a number of easy and quick wins, low-hanging fruit, uh, if we have the political courage uh, and if we have, uh, if you like, common cause as a country uh, to be able to work together in partnership. As I said, none of us can do it on our own. We need to work collectively. We are all leaders in this equation uh, who can actually make a difference in the immediate short term, restore some level of confidence, uh, and then build from them. Because many of these initiatives, of course, Nimrod, will take a long time to design, to uh, debate, and then indeed uh, to implement. That will happen over time. But even demonstrating that we can put a route map together, even if it takes a year, three years, five years to walk that journey, like the restructuring of ESCOM. Restructuring of ESCOM is a five-year program. It's not a five-month program or even a one-year program. If we can table a roadmap, I think we will all be astonished at the level of enthusiasm that will be garnered as a consequence. From the boardroom to the shop floor, good business runs on good governance. Join esteemed expert in governance, Dr. Nimrod Mbene, for the next hour as he takes us beyond governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa. What is quite exciting, Martin, is the fact that you're able to articulate your quick wins. I mean, obviously, the zero budgeting, which is going to be table, table suggests the need from um, all of us to, to be nimble in our approach. And I do really like the, the, the second point around the payment of the SMMEs in full on time. Issues around mentor, mentorship, issues around localization of uh, product and manufacturing. But the reality is, you know, this is almost like a, an ideal sense. We have had instances, uh, for an example, around SMME non-payment. We are currently sitting with billions of rents that are owed to, 
you know, owed to small businesses. Some of them have closed shop purely because they were not being paid on time. Government has a policy on payment of SMMEs on time and yet nothing happens. How will this, how will this be different? Well, I think that everybody must uh, assume accountability, uh, Nimrod. Government and the private sector equally. Uh, it is completely unacceptable uh, that government, not government in particular, that government at national, provincial, uh, municipal level does not pay its suppliers on time and in full. They are not providing a working capital facility to the state. That is not their purpose. The same applies, by the way, to business. It is shocking if and where there are large businesses that do the same thing, that actually do not pass on uh, the benefit of appropriate uh, discharging of their obligations to their suppliers. Uh, we must hold them to account. Just like crime and corruption, we must call it out publicly. Uh, we must name and we must shame. I'm sure that many of your listeners uh, will have read the last Auditor General's report. It's frankly a disgrace, not the report, but what the Auditor General has found in terms of the continuing deterioration uh, of finances at a local, provincial, and national level. So we need to hold each and every one of us, we need to hold one another uh, to account. And there must, as I said, uh, be consequences, not only uh, reputational consequences, uh, but there must be significant consequences in terms of having uh, breach regulation and legislation. I couldn't agree with you more, Martin. I mean, I suppose, the, the, I think the operative word that are based on what you've just said is accountability. Uh, we, we should not pay lip service on issues of accountability. Uh, accountability must be seen, done, because if we are messing around with accountability issues in terms of doing the basic things, we are literally undermining the great work such as the initiative that has been taken by, by Business for South Africa. Uh, if you are just, you've just joined us, I'm pleased to inform you that we have online uh, one of the greatest son of the soil, uh, Martin Kingston, who is the deputy, uh, you know, uh, CEO, I'm a deputy uh, president for Business for, for, for South Africa, giving us uh, his thought around the recently launched blueprint, which is aimed at, you know, taking the country out of the quagmire that it finds ourselves in. Uh, I welcome your, your SMS, I mean, uh, your input uh, via SMS line, which is uh, 34519 or Telegram, it's 061. 895-1095 and of course I do check your email which is uh, on my email account which is nimrod at hard.co.za Martin, perhaps maybe the second last point that I want to raise with you in terms of really getting, you know, the the, uh, the process that you've put forward flat, you know what kind of support do you require? Because you've, you've put it out that this is everybody's business. How do we get that outlook that indeed this is not just only government, labor, civil society, it's every one of us. Um, what is it that is required from everyone else, you know, from where you're sitting, so that we are able to harness and build on the low on the low hanging fruit that you have pointed out to? Yes. So I, I believe and our documentation has been uh, published, it's publicly available, it's very easy to read, I think it's accessible, digestible, understandable, uh, is that uh, for the most part, I would be uh, surprised if your, uh, uh, if your uh, listeners don't agree, and they themselves can be advocates of those key messages, those messages about leadership, about decision-making, 
uh, about uh, mobilization of resources. Uh, it's worthwhile saying the Business for South Africa, uh, which, as I said, is a virtual platform, harnessed resources. There is nobody who works there for gain. Everybody works there on a pro bono basis. We were all locked up at home as a consequence of the lockdown, and we gave of our time uh, freely and willingly. We left our personal names and brands and reputations outside the door, and we work for Business for South Africa in the national interest. We have competitors working side by side and hand in glove uh, with competitors, whether it be from law firms, from accounting firms, from management consulting firms, uh, let alone from industrial players. It's been an extraordinary experience. Now, if we can do that, then every single one of your listeners can do the same. By the no same question. token, by the same token, uh, Nimrod, uh, no conversation would be complete without discussing behavior change. When we turn on our TVs, what we see are people who are not complying with the need for behavior change. If we do not social distance, if we do not wear masks, and if we do not sanitize and wash our hands, and it's not one or the other, it's all of the above, then we don't just put ourselves at risk. We put our loved ones, we put our neighbors, and we put society at large at risk. And when we do that, uh, the virus uh, moves, uh, and it is not curbed, and the transmission rate increases, and with that, the infection rate and the death rate. Not one of us wants to be responsible for another person's illness or death, let alone the impact that has on our economy. Because, frankly, we're fighting a losing battle if we can't curb the transmission to the extent that it's possible so to do. Now, in that respect, again, every single one of us is a leader. Every single one of us can hold not only ourselves, but those that we know, those that we interact with, to account in a responsible manner. I would urge uh, every single one of your listeners uh, to behave in that manner because we need to spread that message as quickly as possible. It's only when we have stabilized the transmission of the virus that we'll be able to pivot the economy onto an accelerated uh, recovery strategy uh, which is inclusive, where the trajectory uh, is positive, where we can ensure that we can address uh, the issues of unemployment, uh, inequality, and poverty exacerbated, as I said before, by COVID-19. This is uh, the li- this is the silver lining in an otherwise very dark cloud, and I think that there is immense opportunity for all of us uh, if we seize uh, the moment today uh, to act responsibly and appropriately. Thank you very much, Martin. Um, before I let you go, I know, um, you know my colleague who is listening you know, quite acutely, Eric Stillman, have a question for you. Uh, Eric, you, do you have a question for Martin over the next five minutes so that yes, we can wrap good up? Good evening. Thank you. Hi, uh, Martin and Nimrod. It's a pleasure to meet you virtually, Martin. Read uh, the outline of your document. And um, a uh, quick question before we uh, bring the, your, your session on this interview to a, a close. Um, is is really the way forward in terms of implementation, particularly in terms of working in some kind of social compact with with government and labour. Um, you know, what is the way forward? How close are we? How do you, how do we activate the process moving forward? Yes, I think that's a very good question. So, uh, in our documentation, as I said, it's available. We uh, recommended to the president uh, the week before last and his economic cluster of ministers. 
Uh, we did the same thing to the uh, Millennium Labour Council and at NEDLAC last week, uh, that we effectively need to form, uh, as a matter of urgency, uh, we need to form a structure. Uh, we can characterize it as a reconstruction structure, uh, which would house uh, a growth and inclusivity plan as well as a restructuring of the economy. Uh, we tabled that, as I said, some 10 days ago. We've said we don't want to duplicate or replicate existing structures. We rather want to leverage uh, those that already exist, whether within NEDLAC or outside NEDLAC. There's a presidential working committee on the job summit uh, that I sit on, the business, uh, labor, community and government participate in. Uh, that must be drawn into this. Uh, there is the work that's being driven out of the presidency uh, on, on sustainable infrastructure, as I mentioned. Uh, there's the work that the Deputy Minister of Finance is overseeing in terms of removing constraints on economic growth. We're not suggesting for one moment that those activities shouldn't stop, but they need to be aligned, integrated, and coordinated effectively, and in the short term. Now, we've had extremely constructive discussions, as I mentioned, at NEDLAC in the context of COVID-19. Uh, those discussions have been taken forward to look at whether or not we can amend or adapt some of those structures uh, for better purpose, uh, for this purpose. And of course, you know, uh, we don't have a blueprint. We're saying this is our contribution uh, as business, as uh, Business for South Africa uh, to the discussion. As I indicated before, we're prepared to put uh, our money and our uh, time where our mouth is uh, to create a better environment and to ensure that South Africa can indeed uh, achieve uh, its objectives. Uh, I'm confident that it can but only if we all act uh, together. We've had a very positive response uh, from Labour, uh, from civil society, and indeed from government itself. Now we need to convert that into real uh, action. That, that's, that's fantastic news. Uh, can I follow up there, Nimrod, if you don't mind? Yes, please follow up, Eric. Uh, uh, Martin, if we can take one sort of case study of one of the key projects, uh, priority areas, say the release of Spectrum, just as a, as a case study of, of how close that is to, to actually being implemented. Well, we think that that just requires political will. We don't believe you. You'll have seen that emergency allocation spectrum has taken place already during COVID-19. Uh, so we know uh, that it is possible. I think that the quick wins we've identified can be implemented with very little uh, time between now uh, and being able to see uh, that they can have a positive impact. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Numrod. Thank you very much. Um, you know, um, I think that's a very useful point, um, you know, uh, Martin, and, and I, I'm quite pleased to hear that the entire country has literally put the you know, shoulder to the wheel in terms of, you know, opening up and having a brutal and frank conversation. And I simply hope that um, social partners will not just pay lip service because, we are in a serious mess, and I'm sure everybody is quite aware that if we don't act and act fast, um, you know, the gains of what we've had since 1994 will be, you know, under the water um, as it is already. And we obviously need to spend less time talking, but literally harnessing energies of those that are progressive and are moving forward. And the last point that you that you raised, which which are quite well, which is quite important, the, is the is the political will. Um, to what extent do you think business for South Africa um, is literally pushing or, or being, you know, being embraced 
by way of getting the response that is positive from government and in terms of implementing ideas or activities that do not require policy change. Yeah, I can't speak for government, but I can tell you that uh, uh, we have had um, a, a highly positive reception. Uh, we've had absolutely no difficulty in accessing key decision makers uh, and indeed key officials within many, many departments. Uh, the president has been uh, open to an engagement whenever we've asked for it. Uh, we don't want to abuse their time. I think we need to understand uh, that everybody is extremely stretched. So uh, in, 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 in final response, I must say I have been uh, very comforted and reassured uh, by the way in which they have embraced our suggestions. Thank you very much. We're going to have to leave it there. Martin, thank you very much for your time. It has been an absolute pleasure, and I sincerely hope that the listener has benefited from your insight, and you have reassured me, you have, you have, reassured, you have reassured everyone that we we've suddenly have that collective uh, thought process that will take this, this country forward. Thank you very much. It has been a pleasure having you. Thank you. Goodbye.